let's uh, read this morning uh, the first 14 verses. One of my favorite accounts in the Bible, in 2 Kings chapter 5. It's been, a, been several weeks and uh, in our study on the prophet Elijah and Elisha, and uh, picking it up, got a couple of more weeks uh, to go here. But um, chapter 5 of 2 Kings and verse 1, the Bible says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel, or is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass... When the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. It was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him now come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. The servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask that you'd bless now the Bible study this morning. Speak to our hearts through your word and by your Holy Spirit. Thank you again for the opportunity to Teach this lesson. Use me as your instrument and as your vessel to accomplish your purpose for us being here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, why do you think as we started this, before we even get into the, to this lesson here, I was just thinking of a couple of things as I was reading through this morning that I, I might ask you. But um, 
it said here that um, uh, Naaman, who was the, the host, we're going to talk about Naaman in just a minute. Um, it says the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. In other words, the Syrians, they beat the Israelites and the Lord allowed that to happen. So why do you think that is? If you just kind of, the answer would be if you think back as we've studied through this and the various kings and remember that Judah and Israel are now two separate countries. Judah is, the, is to the south and Israel to the north, two kings that, uh, or two tribes that would inhabit Judah and the other 10 tribes in Israel. But why was that? Why, why did God deliver uh, the Syrians from the Israelites? How would you think that would be? As a chastisement to Israel. For why? What, what was going on? You're exactly right. Wicked kings and queens. Wicked kings and queens. And what else? Yeah, and idolatry. They've gotten into idolatry. They build the golden calves and worship the two calves, and they prevented people from, uh, they did that so that the Israelites wouldn't go back to Jerusalem. But we find in this uh, situation here um, a number of things. So um, if, you notice, if you notice on the, the handout, uh, the title of my Sunday School lesson today is it's not, always, it's not Always the Great Things. It's Not Always the Great Things. And um, the scriptures tell us that here, that it's not always, that it's not always the great things. You'll see that as we, as we read down through here. So in other words, if you look at my introduction, I believe that most of us, if the Lord bid you to do some great thing, we would do it. But we're reminded that, and the lesson should remind us too, that it's not always the great things or the exciting things that the Lord asks of us. Quite often, it's the everyday things that just God is, is, is looking to work through us. So I... Quite typically, the Sunday after Easter is normally kind of a down Sunday because Easter Sunday is kind of a big deal, you know, and the, we have lots of visitors. And like last week, the place was just packed out with people. And then a lot of times people, it's a vacation week, so people go away, they go on vacation. And so typically, in fact, one of our, one of our friends who's in the ministry, he posted something online about pray for the pastors because the week after Easter can kind of be deflating. You know, you've built up to that, and you had a great day, and then you just, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to any of you or not, but uh, that's the way it can be. Um, but our, in our personal lives, our personal walk with the Lord, it's, uh, there are some times, and there may be someone in this room today uh, who at some point, at some time, uh, the Lord will use you to do great things. But don't think of it that there's some spectacular thing that the whole world is going to know that you did. The great things are just the little things that you do every day. The little things like raising your kids to honor the Lord. You know, sometimes um, it's exciting to see them make decisions, but day in and day out, uh, and the, just the, uh, the flow of life, it's not always all that exciting. 
It's just, it's not that it's unexciting, but you understand what I'm saying? It's just what you do. And um, it's part of our walk with the Lord. It's important uh, that we live our lives that way. So let's kind of get into this a little bit this morning and see um, what's happening here. Now, uh, notice on your handout, Luke chapter 4 and verse 27, it says, And uh, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, would it be Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So it's not, so, so Israel is filled with leprosy and lepers. It was a, a plague of that time, or many, but the Bible only records this, this one man who was cured of, of his leprosy. So let's look at the people here in verses 1 and 2. Let's see here about the, the characters that are found here other than Elisha. So first you have this Naaman in verse 1. And so just kind of look at, look at verse, number, verse number 1 and just you can see some things about him that the Bible says of him. And by the way, if the Bible says these things, if God's word says these things about this man, we should take notice that the Lord recognized this man. And uh, it said that he was a great man with his master. And that he was an honorable man. And it says, because by him the Lord had given him deliverance unto Syria. He was a mighty man in valor. So the Bible speaks highly of this individual. And uh, that's a great thing when the Bible speaks highly of you, when God thinks uh, and, and recognizes these characteristics in Naaman. But Naaman's got a problem. And uh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't, uh, what you might accomplish in life and what you might do in life, there are times that things come along and you have to deal with them. And he has what was then really uh, it might even be today, an incurable disease. He has leprosy. He's got leprosy. And um, as great as he was and as honorable as he was, and he's a great man of valor, he has this disease that slowly but surely would eat away at him and would destroy him, would kill him. Now, when God delivered the Syrians from uh, the Israelites, we also find that there's a little maid in the story. We don't even know her name. Verse 2. And the Syrians, they got up with the companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. We don't even know how old she was. But she's just, a, in my mind, she's just a young girl. And uh, she's been snatched from home. We don't even know if perhaps when they were, when the Syrians went to battle, we don't know if uh, her parents are alive. We don't know. Uh, somehow she was taken away as, as a captive. And we're going to see in this young woman's life these characteristics about her. And despite her circumstances, despite the difficulties in her life, she is going to be used of the Lord in a great way. Such a great way that here we are thousands of years later talking about her. But we don't know who she is by name. We just know she's just a little maid. But her life has been recorded in the Word of God. 
So a couple of things on your handout about this little maid we're going to see as we look at this, the characteristics that I, that I noticed as I read through this. First of all, it's her availability. And how do we know that? that this, as far as her service to the Lord, as we read through the scriptures, how do we know that she, that she is a person who's, who's available to be used of the Lord? You tell me. As you can go ahead and look back at the scriptures, and, and I'll give you a minute to read back through these first few verses. But how do we know that she's a person of availability? Yes, Ginny. Yeah, that's true. She, she had to do whatever she, sa she says, so she's actually a, a good example. But I mean with regards to she's available to be used of the Lord. She saw a problem and she responded. So look, look at the scriptures here. It says in verse 3, she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord, meaning Naaman, were with the prophet, meaning Elisha, that is in Samaria, for he would recover, he would recover, she says, him of his leprosy. Now, just think that the position that she's in, she's been taken captive, she's, she's the maid to, to Naaman's wife. She could have been bitter. She could have just said, I don't care if this guy's got leprosy. Let him die of his leprosy. He snatched me out of my home. He took me away from my family. He took me. But, but she doesn't have that attitude. Uh, we concluded just a few weeks ago on Wednesday night, Ethan did a series of messages on Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We saw the same thing with them when they were taken captive and, and taken to Babylon. That they became people who, they became young men who were, available to be used of the Lord. And so you and I should think about that, whatever and wherever we find ourselves, let's make sure that we keep ourselves available to be used of the Lord for whatever the Lord calls us to do. Didn't matter her circumstances here. She was going to be used and uh, to, to honor the Lord. But she's also a young woman of responsibility as well. So she waits on Naaman's wife. Naaman's wife is a woman of position because Naaman was a man of position. And so in order for her to, to fulfill her role, she would have had responsibilities in her life that needed to be taken care of. And so we find that in her speech and in her service, uh, not only to, to the Lord, but to where she finds herself, she's just fulfilling those responsibilities. But then also, another characteristic I thought of this young woman is there's accountability. She's got accountability here. She's accountable to the Lord to be the best servant she can be for the Lord. Again, despite the circumstances that she, she finds herself in. So, on the bottom of your handout, First Peter says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready, right? Always be ready 
are we always ready? I have to say there's been some times where I've not been ready and, and the situation kind of passes me by and I kind of get annoyed at myself. Maybe it's just a, a pricking in the heart of the Holy Spirit where I, I, after the fact, I said, oh, you know, that was an opportunity. I could have shared the gospel with that person. I could have done this. I could have been a help in this area. And you let that moment, that opportunity go by. Because none of us are perfect, right? We, we're, we, we're, we're supposed to be available and keep, be, as Christians, responsible and remember that we have accountability. But we've got to think about these things. We've got to make them practice in our daily lives and uh, do what we can uh, to serve the Lord. And it's easy when things are going well uh, to serve the Lord, but when we find ourselves in a more difficult situation, learn from the little maid. She just found ways that she could be used, even, even, where, even where she was. And so we've already talked a little bit about the problem, Naaman's problem. And look on the back of your handout now. So this disease, it begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms and gradually spreading over the body, bleaching the hair white wherever they appear, crusting the affected parts with white scales and causing terrible sores and swellings from the skin. And the disease eats inward to the bones rotting the whole body piecemeal. Well, that does not sound very pleasant, does it? Remember the lepers? How many lepers were there that, uh, that Jesus healed in the New Testament? How many? Ten. Ten. How many returned to give him thanks? One. One out of ten. Wow. I remember years ago reading a story about missionaries. Now, by the way, when in, in the Bible times, and, in, and you see this in the scriptures, when lepers were walking down the street, they were to, if they saw people coming, uh, they were to cross on the other side, and they were to yell something out. Anybody know what they were to yell? Unclean. unclean. They were to yell out, unclean, unclean, because leprosy is very contagious. I remember reading a story some years ago about, this happened, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was in the 1800s. Doesn't really matter when, but it happened. But there were two men that were burdened for a leper colony. I think, the, if I remember, it was in, in, in um, Africa. And uh, these men were Europeans. And uh, for some reason, I'm thinking they were from Holland. I might be wrong. It's been quite a while. Again, it doesn't really matter where they were from. But they were so burdened for this, these people who were in this lepra colony that they decided to go into the colony knowing that once they went in amongst the lepers, they could never come out. And they would go just to share the gospel. That's a sense of commitment that I think is pretty incredible. Kind of hard for us sometimes to fathom that they would do that. But they did. But Naaman, he's got this disease, this problem, this leprosy. And, you know, in the Bible, leprosy, leprosy is often used as an example of sin. And as I wrote down this definition of this, about this disease, begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms, 
Isn't that also true often about sin? It just starts a little bit of sin. And then it grows and it grows and it grows and it can control a person's life. And, um, but again, then you and I, to be used of the Lord, to be available and our responsibility to share the gospel, to tell people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And uh, because the reality is the entire world is filled with leprosy. And, um, and it's contagious. I mean, look at the, look at, just look at our culture and what's happening in our culture and how contagious it is. It spreads from individuals into the educational system, into the marketing world, into the sports world, even into the church. It's contagious. So we read some other things, too, about... Uh, Naaman, even, even though there's some great remarks made about Naaman in the early chap- or verses of the chapter, we also find out that Naaman's got a bit of a problem called pride. So let, let's kind of read on a little bit here with regard to it. Well, look at verses 11 and 12 with his pride. So as we, as we read through this, um, no, 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 let, let's just keep reading and then we'll get to that. So it says, uh, verse 3, And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. Why are you sending quite a, quite a gift here? So the king must think highly of Naaman as well. He wants to see him healed. And they bring this letter, verse 6, to the king. And when the letter came, it said, Behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. So the king hears about the little maids, said, listen, send, 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 if my master would go to Israel, he could be healed. So the king catches wind of it. Okay, let's give it a go. So off they go to Israel to, 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 to see that Naaman can be healed. And so they come to the king of Israel. Verse 7, And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes. I think we all know, but just in case somebody doesn't know, to rent your clothes means to tear your clothes. doesn't mean to rent them out for a few dollars. <laughs> but, you know, if you're new to the Bible, you might not know that, right? So it's like, it was like a, in the first year or two when we were attending church, we had a friend, and actually she was invited to work in the nursery. Pastor Ainsworth hired someone to, per, to work in the nursery. She wasn't a Christian. And she got saved, and she wanted to grow. She said, what's this tithing thing all about, this tithing? It's, she meant tithing. What's tithing? What's, so people don't know. But anyhow, so if you don't know, that's what it means. It doesn't mean that the king decided, well, I'll make some money or rent out my clothes. And he just tore them. And, and it, was, it was a sign when they tore their clothes. Sometimes they'd also throw dust on their head. But what does that mean when they would tear their clothes? What well, was it kind of a sign of? 
Anguish, yeah, that's a good word. Anguish, anything else? Might think along those lines. Kind of like grief. You know, there's a problem here. Um, and so the king, he reads this letter, tears his clothes, and he says, oh my God, what, what do you mean? You sent Naaman here for, me to, for him to be healed. I can't kill and make alive. Uh, and that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Are you you're trying to pick a fight with me? That's what he says. You're trying to quarrel with me here? And so the king, he's like, what in the world are they asking of me? Because how many people had been healed of leprosy in Israel? We already found that out. How many? Huh? Zero. And... Um, it was so, um, verse 8, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman comes with his horses and with his chariots. Must, must have been quite an entourage that showed up. He's got horses and chariots and a, and a whole group that shows up. And um, he comes and he stands at the door of the, of the house of Elisha. And uh, now we're going to see some of, some of Naaman's pride really kind of come out. So in verse 10 it says, Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Now just think about that for a minute. Elisha is the prophet of God. He's in his house. Naaman's traveled all of this way. And he's got this big entourage. He's a man that the king likes. He's a man of position. And what would have been thought of as power. And he's standing outside of Elisha's door. And what does Elisha do? Elisha doesn't even come out himself. He sends a messenger out to this important man. And the, and the, the deal is, verse 10... Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Well, I've been to the Jordan River, and um, it's a nice river, but there's nothing great about it. In fact, the area where people go to get baptized just below the Sea of Galilee, it's it's, it's not all that, I mean, it's just sometimes you see dead fish floating, <laughs> floating down. It's like kind of like uh, Frank's been there, right? It's not that spectacular. And Ginny and Jim have been there. Yeah, it's not sparkling. Now, there are some areas in the north that the, the, the headwaters coming out of the Mount Hermon. It's beautiful up through there. And then down south, we went to the Jordanian border. It's kind of a little bit more flowing there. But anyhow, so... That's the deal. He comes all this way. Naaman comes all this way. And the prophet doesn't even come out. The messenger comes out. He says, go down to the river and go wash in the river seven times. And when you come up again, thou shalt be clean. And now Naaman's pride is welling up within him. His anger is welling up within him. Verse 11. So now Naaman was wroth and, and he went away and said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me. You know, the, 
The least he could have done is come out and met me. He doesn't even come out and meets me. He sends me the messenger to meet me. And, um, and he will surely come out and stand. And, and surely he'll call on the name of the Lord his God and he'll strike his hands over the place and he'll recover. And it would be like a big healing meeting that would be taking place there. None of that. I mean, maybe he'd come out with a staff or maybe he'd throw special, special uh, blessed uh, whatever on top of me or have sprinkle water. No, just go down to the Jordan River and just go wash seven times. And when you come out, you'll be healed. He says in verse 12, there's two rivers back in Damascus. Aren't these rivers better rivers? I mean, I, I could have done this back home. May I not wash in them and be clean? He goes away, he's angry. Isn't that something, the, his pride, and then the, 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 the third point, Naaman's way, because of his pride and because Naaman had his own thoughts, his own way that this should be handled, healing is lying right there at the door, but yet he leaves. Isn't that true about sin in people's lives as well? People struggle with sin, and then they hear a preacher preach a message about the need to get saved, the need to, give, to, to, to accept Christ as your Savior, or they, they, they may even be Christians. They may or have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but they've allowed some sin to creep into their lives, and, and, and they're in a church service, or even maybe reading their Bible, and, and they come across the scripture, or the message might, a point of the message might speak to that area of their life, and they hear it, and instead of, instead of um, submitting to the wooing of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they get kind of angry, stubborn, prideful, and they walk away, and the solution is right there. I mean, it's right there. And that's Naaman at this particular moment in time. It's right there. Verse 13, it says, And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, and that's really where I get the title for this lesson, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? And that's why I'm always, and I've done this for all the years I've been the pastor here, Spending time in the Word of God each day and spending time in your prayer life is just part of the need that we have that sometimes it becomes, we may not think of that as a great thing, but in reality, it is a great thing because that's what keeps your walk consistent with the Lord. That's what helps you to remember you need to be available and responsible and you need to, uh, you have an accountability to the Lord. It's just the regular, the regular aspects of our life. Just our being in the Lord's house and sitting under the preaching and teaching of the word. Some church services are more exciting than other church services, but in the reality of things, they're all important services. 
I can remember years ago, I would, there was a preacher in our group who would preach, and he was about as dry of a preacher as you could possibly hear. But I would always, I, I don't know, another preacher mentioned something along those lines, and there's always something you can get out of a message if you'll just put on your listening ears. And uh, that man, he's, as far as I know, he's still in the ministry in Florida and just being used of the Lord. And uh, because there was just pride in Naaman's life here. You know, on your handout, a couple of things. Verse 20 of, of the Psalms, I wrote, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we just need to remember the name of the Lord our God. It's God that gives us the victory. Or Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Naaman had this way that he thought, this is the way that it should have been done. Not the way that this, this, this prophet wants me to do it. And if we're not careful, sometimes God's got a way for us to do things, but we just want to do it our own way. So the Bible says, Verse 14, then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. He said, okay. So that's not all that exciting. He gets down into the river, dips himself in, comes back up, gets back out once. It's kind of like, you remember, there was a certain city that the Israelites were told to march around. What city? And then the walls would come tumbling down. What was that? Yeah, and think about it. They walk around. They walk around, they walk around, they walk around. That's just a lot of walking around here. Like, you know, how many times do you want us to walk around for this to happen? Well, as many times as God tells you to walk around. You know, that's the point. So it was seven times. So he went down for the sixth time, and you think you know, he's probably starting to look at the you know, skin and whatnot, and then finally he goes, seventh time, and whoa, well, lo and behold, Flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. In fact, I didn't think about it until right now. I've taught this text many times. That last section where it says, And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. I don't know how old Naaman was, but he's probably up there in years. Maybe he had some wrinkles. Maybe he's starting to show his age a little bit. But now... His flesh is probably, not only probably, his flesh, is, his flesh looks better than it's ever looked as an adult, in my mind. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't need, I don't even know the creams that people buy for wrinkles and all of that kind of stuff. He didn't need any of that. He just needed to be obedient unto the Lord. So there was Naaman's way and there was God's way. So Isaiah reminds us that God said, my, way, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. And so remember, it's, it's not always the great things. It's the little things. It's just the, the routine things that God uses to build our faith, to prepare us maybe for the great things or the great challenges in life. And it was just this little maid and her witness, her testimony. All she did was point Naaman to the prophet Elisha. And you and I, our responsibility is to point people to the great physician, Jesus Christ, 
and let him bring spiritual healing into the lives of people in all the world around us. And um, to remind them that it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sin. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness, mercy, and grace. And, and thank you, Lord, the day that we accepted Jesus as our Savior, that our sins were forgiven. We were made, made free. And we pray, Lord, as we walk through this world, that we would be, be used of you, conscious of, of your wanting to use us to take the gospel message, the joy of the Lord, to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.